What's up, everybody? This is the second part of my conversation with producer Jay Chaudhry. While you are at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Enjoy the show. You know, this uh, this is this thing I'm also like kind of, and that's not like a technical thing. It's more of like a, a thing of a personality. But so yeah. far, all my podcasts, all my guests on my podcast, they're not really like a working just like kind of thing where like I just want your face on my podcast so that, you know, mm. because you're a face. But mm. it's it's genuinely people that I wanted to talk to and, like, and I wanted mm. to talk to them for a long time. And so I'm approaching the, the period, like right now this is our second podcast and how it started, right? It's because I just wanted to do it. Like, let's do it because that's interesting. It wasn't like a thing like, okay, I need to do something on Friday. Let's find someone. So I'm approaching the moment where I think I ran out of people I want to talk to. Like, I, just because I don't know a lot of people anymore. Like the, all, everyone that I knew that I really wanted to talk to uh, on my podcast so that the audience could hear about them, I kind of like approaching the, the limit of that. And so I'm like, how do I draw inspiration? Because I don't want to talk to people just because I have to talk to them because there's someone in boxing. I want to talk to them because I'm interested in them. So I'm like, how do I, I don't know, it's just, what do you think about that? Well, what, what are you interested in? I mean, what kind of like, so you like talking to me because obviously we talk social, we talk content, we talk, I'm interested we got in, a lot, yeah, we got a lot of stuff in common there, I think. But then what really, uh, my question for you would be, what, what is you? What are you mainly interested in yourself? Like, we so, understand you're unboxing. Like, what else is there? Go ahead. So, um, the underlying thing of my podcast is money. Really, I don't talk about actually like commercial value, but like, I want to know how the money is made in boxing. And so I'm, but I'm, I'm also, but that's like the underlying theme, like behind, behind the kind of, it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean when I'm talking to a journalist, for example, I want to like learn how like the money is done in, in boxing, but it is kind of like goes back into marketing and, and all of that. But, but that's like, eventually I want this podcast to be about, I don't want to say boxing in particular, but when I talk about boxing, I want to talk about the fact how the money is made in boxing. That's what really fascinates me. I mean, the actual fight fascinates me, but I'm not fascinated about, you know, trying to talk with the fighter about the fighter's personality or about like, you know, his or her. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, it's because, um, so how do I start this properly? Because I did have a dog. Give it to me straight. I do. No, no, because I do have a documentary that's in the making. Okay. Um, okay. And it did originally was supposed to come out earlier this year. And I'm changing the way that it's about to go. So this is probably the first time I'm talking about deer boxing for everybody listening. Um, deer boxing was something that I announced last year. Uh, and it was a documentary that was supposed to, that still is going to shake the boots off people because it's exactly what you're talking about. I wanted to get down to exactly how the money is being made in boxing without getting into like the mafia or the mob or this <laughs> and that. I wanted to get into who the fuck is paying the paycheck. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and so the more I dug in, the more I found out how fucking crazy this world really is. But I also found out that you're going to hit that glass door. And when you hit that glass door, you're not invited anymore to participate in any further conversation. So mm -hmm. uh, it stays shady forever. It's going to stay shady. Uh, but uh, my thing for Dear Boxing was I got to the point where I was talking to people from um, network TV, behind behind the scenes of network TV, not the Steven Espinosa and the puppets that they put in front of us. I'm talking about behind the scenes mm -hmm. who actually pay the fucking bill for the advertisers who are advertising on the network. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, because I wanted to get down to the sea um, one of the numbers really like and one of the interesting things I did part of this documentary which was really cool was we tried to get a hold of the Nielsen ratings team 
mm-hmm. because do you know much about Nielsen ratings? Do you know how they work? I know about Nielsen agency, like they're like the big data company. They're data driven now, but they came out originally as the TV people. So what they did oh, was okay. they inst- they installed like let me quickly tell you what they do so you find this really funny afterwards. So um, they installed thirty thousand or less boxes inside the homes of America mm-hmm. that that records each home's TV viewing, right? And then that's how they get these uh, uh, numbers, like you know Jamar Chalo versus. Uh, Tony Harris did 371,000 views. I mean, that's on Showtime Digital, but we're talking mm-hmm. about Fox properties, uh, ESPN properties that did 300,000 views, Crawford versus whatever. Um, when you really think about where those numbers are coming from, it becomes interesting. And you become, you become an investigator yourself because you're like, mm-hmm. you're telling me 300,000 people watched that Crawford fight or watched that Charlo fight that was on Fox? It's like, but when you do the data research and you see that there's only 12,000 tweets that night, Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are 295,000 people? You got to ask yourself where they live, right? You got to mm-hmm. ask yourself where they were. You're telling me the 290,000 boxing fans who watched that fight and didn't feel like tweeting to their friend or message their friend on WhatsApp. You already see the Cholo fight because mm-hmm. all that data is like calculated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm like, this has something to do with these fucking Nielsen people. Then I don't think they're calculating the numbers right. And then the more I dug into Nielsen and the more I found out that their numbers are totally fucking fabricated. Like it's totally fabricated. Uh-huh. Um, and why are they fabricated? Because they please the advertisers because mm-hmm. the advertisers are paying the bill and the advertisers are paying the network and the network's using that money to pay the fighters. So mm-hmm. it's a whole fucking circle of people circle jerking each other all day, all day, all day. It's a repeat system, repeat system, repeat system. That's how the tabs of these fighters are being made. And that's how the tabs of these networks are being paid. And that's how the tabs of these advertisers are being paid. And mm-hmm. the reason that's so interesting for me to find out is because, um, once again, I'm not talking digital. I'm just talking cable, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what's, what's really interesting for me to see was when DAZN entered the market because they came and just disrupted it and they came with that whole philosophy of no pay-per-view and all this stuff. But one of the things that they disrupted people with was we are going to be the premier data and, and fan acquisition platform, which I still mm-hmm. hope they can be. They're not showing much sign of it today, to be honest. I think they're fucking awful so far at what they're doing. But um, uh, once again, it's just like they came in to the market as the data analytic audience acquisition team, mm-hmm. and they could still very well prevail in this sector because what's going to happen is what's going to happen on this side of the fence is easy. You know what's going to happen, right? Those same ad execs that we're talking about, those mm-hmm. same TVs execs that I was speaking to on the phone, they all had something in common. They were all like 70, 80 years old plus. Okay, so once their little circle jerk finishes and one of them dies and the other guy dies and the other guy dies, who's going to come up and take their place? It's going to be some young gen exec who understands advertising, understands data, and who understands the consumption of sports, especially mm-hmm. boxing, because mm-hmm. it's not really popular as people think it is or say it is. Jay, you, you froze for a second. They, they fuck. Uh, your picture froze, Jay. Testing, okay, testing. there we go. Now I see you. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so when that young data advertising exec comes, looks at all the papers, and he's like, "Hey, man, like, why are we paying fifty million dollars to this network for when it's when we're not really converting on those ad on those ad placements? Somebody's gonna have to answer those questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as we're talking in the very near future, very near future, somebody is gonna have to answer why are we paying this fucking tab. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be like, well, it was your dad's account. And they're like, well, <laughs> my dad's not here. My dad's not here. 
So mm-hmm. I do not want to pay this tab anymore to this network. Oh, well, that's so-and-so's boxing account, though. Like, I don't give a fuck whose account it is. We're mm-hmm. not converting. And it's true. Boxing audiences are not converting. Mm-hmm. You can tell me all you want. They're not. I'm in the fucking industry. Don't tell me that they are. I'm a huge fan of the industry, so don't tell me that they are. Because this is one of the things I'm so fucking angry and passionate about is why aren't we converting, right? And this mm-hmm. is my, you know, my stick. I, I talk about this a lot. And trust me, man, right down, mark my words, there's going to be a huge shift in boxing. And the coronavirus might just be an exit plan for some of these people I'm talking about. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some news. You're going to take a wash, ex- just blame it on corona and just bail? Fucking walk away. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'll call mm-hmm. you the day it happens. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's going to be all over Twitter the day it happens. And, you know, me and you will sit back we'll crack our beers and we'll say, I told you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's going to happen inevitably just because of the very factors that I was just talking about that and so what do- fans are not converting and the advertisers are not going to have enough answers. I mean, so the advertising execs are not going to have enough answers for the networks and vice versa. And there's going to be a huge dispute amongst advertisers and, and networks mm-hmm. uh, and everybody involved. Um, once the data takes charge, once the data takes charge, like we actually have, quantifiable data on our audiences. What do you have, Mr. Nielsen, besides 30,000 boxes in the homes of America and you think 300,000 people are watching? Show me those 300,000 people. We can. Mm-hmm. We got 300,000 registered emails. What do you have? A fucking postal code? And it's not even registered? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's going to become a very interesting war to see how who's going to come on top. So sure. would you say boxing is really not... I mean, it's already getting smaller, but do you think it's even smaller than, than the, the public really thinks it is? Like the, 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 the networks yeah. pers- like show yeah, this, yeah, the sport so. is like something huge when the fight's happening, but it's actually not really as huge. It's not, no, no, it's not really that huge. Uh, but Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder was huge. The big ones are huge. Like Mayweather Pacquiao, till this day, I can remember the buzz. It was yeah. huge. It was, like, and that's like what the I'm world like, was on it. It was a like World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I know that for sure. That was like a party at everyone's place when, when that fight happened. But again, you like... Gotta, you you, you got to sort of cut you off there, but it's like what you just said. It was party at everybody's place. That's the way I look at a casual fan. So when yeah. Charlo or when Crawford or when David Benavides or when um, not Anthony Joshua, Josh Kelly, I'm just naming like boxers who we know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When they're fighting... My way of researching is I call a friend of a friend of a friend. Did you hear Josh Kelly's fighting? Did you hear Terrence Crawford's fighting? Did you mm-hmm. hear that Tony Harrison fight? They're like, who the fuck are you talking about? I know that the needle didn't move. Mm-hmm. But when Mayweather Pacquiao happened, when Mayweather McGregor happened, when Deontay yeah. Wilder and Tyson Fury happened, when I called a friend of a friend of a friend, they at least said, oh, yeah, that boxing guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they said that. And that was more enough for me to be like, okay, it trickled to you, fucker. It worked. Like, eventually mm-hmm. it got to your ear somehow. So boxing is so behind that we're not even reaching that second third friend mm-hmm. we're not the one thing is like like the, you the, the example of crawford is is the one that always worked i was always curious about because the boxing media perceives like they show crawford is this superstar or that he's like this you know pound for pound champion and and like he's so popular but i i don't know i don't believe like terence crawford or errol spence I, th- I feel like they, they're one of those maybe cases where maybe the numbers are a little bit inflated on those, on those boxers, but maybe they are, they are, they're highly inflated and, and they are, look, no offense to both fighters. I love them both. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of both fighters. Me as a hardcore fan, can't wait. Absolutely. For Very talented uh, and, and, you know, top class. Yeah. Now, do they appeal to, ca- do they appeal to casuals? That, that's they the could, question. They, they could, if they were marketed right, both of them are marketed right for shit. And I can say that out loud. 
both of them have such huge marketability factors in them and none of the handlers are treating them right. Why? And it goes back to the same thing I was talking about. It's because the money's coming in, man. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. until one of them gets knocked out and the stock drops, then what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people don't think like that enough. And, and, and it really pisses me off. But going back to your question, it's the same thing. So numbers are definitely being not true than what they are because if they were, the data would show. Would mm-hmm. you agree? The data would show. Right. Well, uh, that's, that's they, depends they, on the data. Cooper writes because now you're saying that the data is probably inflated. No, I'm talking about the TV numbers, not the social side. The okay. social side. Um, what do you mean? Did you mean social side being inflated? Because I could talk about that as well. No, no. If you're talking like the ca- the cable data and all of that, if we yeah, do. I'm talking about just net- I'm just talking about the numbers. The numbers. Okay. Like three hundred thousand people watched it. Five hundred thousand people watched his last fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about Terence Crawford had like. I mean, it was like a million number. Do you remember that tweet that came up by Top Rank recently? Uh, it was no, a really cool number. I would be very surprised if, if million of what? Something million something. I forgot. Okay. And okay. Um, we could look at that afterwards after the call. But um, I remember it was a really cool number. And I was like, wow, really? But then I go to your Instagram. He has like half a million followers. So it's like, <laughs> it, it, don't tell me that then. Because mm-hmm. people, when you look at an NBA game, okay? And you look at that fucking number of people watching it, then go to the player's Instagram account, you'll mm-hmm. see it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Every NBA player has four or five million minimum followers. Mm-hmm. Each one of them has at least on the shittiest posts a thousand comments. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like our fucking WBC champion gets like 500 comments Okay, for mm-hmm. like the night that he wins. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not that. That's over-exaggerating. He gets a thousand or whatever. But that's just not even comparable to like uh, one of the starting five of any any NBA team gets more than any champion in boxing. Right. Now, of course, people are going to look at this and say, well, why do you care so much about followers? Why do you care so much about this? And that is because we're moving into a world that's going to matter, idiot. We're moving mm-hmm. into a world very slowly. Ryan Garcia already showed us what's going to happen. He renegotiated his entire contract based on his social media numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, do you not understand the world that we're going into now? Like, forget about your top five now. They're gone in five years. What's going to happen next is that next generation is coming up and all of them are going to start competing for audience acquisition. It's going to be, they're going to be held accountable almost for how much they're bringing to the table. Watch. People mm-hmm. are going to start uh, telling fighters, like, well, what are you bringing to the table? How many followers do you have? Right? right? How many fans do you have? How many people can subscribe to your next fight? Because if we're moving into a world now where viruses are happening every year, now we're going to do it in indoor stadiums. Well, you better bring a fucking following, kid. What do you think about Ryan Garcia's, uh, like, just this phenomenon of being so popular? Is that, like, very organic or was that sort of engineered? You know, there's people behind it. Or is it just his personality and looks? No, 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 no. He was one of the fortunate ones who had the looks. He had the style. He had really cool Vine videos. He had very cool... Um, earlier stages of Instagram videos and people just latched on to him. He's a good looking kid, man. The girls mm-hmm. loved him. And mm-hmm. with that, you know what happens when the girls, fo- when the girls run, the guys follow. So the guys ended up following the girls as to like, where the fuck are you going? And they follow like, <laughs> kids themselves. And they're like, wow, I like this kid. Cause he's a dude's dude too. Right. He's not, mm-hmm. he's not just this flamboyant fucking model. He's a fucking fighter. So right. even the guys are like, damn, I like this kid. So now he's, he's getting very, po- like, it's funny, but he's popular in Kazakhstan and he's popular in Russia. Is he? Yeah, but like not for like his looks, obviously, but like my hardcore friends who are just like those brutal guys, they're just like following him because he's like this feature champion and they're like, so it's interesting, like he's getting everyone and 
And I mean, I'm not surprised that he's like, all right, let's re- renegotiate our contract because this, is, this does, does not make sense. Yeah, because, yeah, and, and Oscar said in an interview, he was like, uh, oh, yeah, well, Ryan Garcia's fans aren't converting. And then he sells out 11,000 people in his last fight. <laughs> you got to give it time. Building is not overnight, man. And Oscar right. knows that. I don't know why he even said, said that in a press release. Um, it takes time. Now watch mm-hmm. this kid. He's going to keep winning and those stadiums are going to get bigger bigger mm-hmm. and bigger each time and it definitely helps that he's so involved with the youtube community he's so involved with like um getting his hands really on like certain social media initiatives from different creators not just boxers mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's he's going to be the the epitome of a superstar and mm-hmm. i think he's already on his way for sure with all these things that you just said which were very kind of edgy and i would say even controversial how are you like why do you decide to say about this out loud? Like, aren't you afraid that, I don't know, that it will cut you off from the industry, that you will, you will lose your access, you will lose your connections because they would not want to associate with someone who talks so, so candidly about things that usually not discussed? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be blacklisted at all because I'm in good books with every person out there. I mean, there, there's not a single promoter or manager who doesn't, who doesn't work with me or wants to work with me because I'm, I'm able to explain to them on a very humane level and mm-hmm. honest level that I'm trying to help your athlete. I'm trying to help your company grow into something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, my, 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 um, my, the other side that, that, that comes with is obviously the side that you're talking about now where I'm calling out networks, execs and advertisers and fuck. Yeah, I can, I can call it anybody I want because I understand the system better than most people do. And the more mm-hmm. people that hear about it, and the more fans that can hear me talk about it and I can take a leadership role in this matter, why not? Because at the end of the day, the fans need to understand what's really happening because mm-hmm. it's, it, it, otherwise it becomes a joke. And, and it is a joke to me when I'm on Twitter and I just see these people fighting over, Oh, this guy did 300,000 views. That guy did 400,000 views. My guy did this and my guy did that. I said, you guys understand you guys are fighting about nonsense. <laughs> None of this matters. You know what I mean? Like you guys are literally fighting over fucking made up numbers. Number one, Number two, the stuff that you're supposed to be fighting over, uh, you guys don't even understand, right? Because they call that side of a joke. Well, mm-hmm. social media and analytics and data, that's a joke. Mm-hmm. But then you're competing and fighting over data and analytics from this side of the fence, and that's not even quantifiable. Like, you're not even talking about numbers that can be backed up. And when, when you ask them, where'd you get the number from? Oh, check the Nielsen site. Okay, what the fuck is Nielsen? Now we're in that argument. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it just it's funny to me when I see... Um, boxing fans argue with each other, but it also gives me a lot of hope because, and this is one of the things I want to talk about uh, lastly, is uh, uh, the future of boxing. And like, I wanted to talk about that with you as well. Mm-hmm. I think that... We're I was about to slowly, ask you about it. Like, let me, let me slowly, ask you. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead. Once the, the circle of boomers that you just, you know, talked about, once they're gonna, you know, unfortunately or whatever, they're just gonna be incapable of performing their duties and they're just gonna retire, uh okay so and then the younger generation comes in what does this mean for boxing i, I kind of feel like if they will if those inflated numbers will not it will disappear and then all of a sudden we'll realize oh like the king is naked you know like uh the numbers are not so huge what's going what's going to happen with boxing once the generation is going to change i think it becomes a lot more interesting man I think it's going to become a league style sport, which a lot of people aren't going to agree with me with because they don't like the idea of boxing changing, but it has to like every sport it has to evolve. And I think boxing 
at least in my opinion, in terms of how it could succeed, is that it had to become a league-dominated sport. So you have to have top rank versus PBC. You have to have uh, Matchroom versus Golden Boy. Like, you got to have flags now. You got to have mm. people wearing jerseys, PBC jerseys. You got to have PBC get a top rank. You got to have trades happening. You got to have, like, you got to have amazing opportunities for athletes to overcome all achievements from every division of the sport from both sides of the fence so mm. they can become a league-style sport. And that's why a game in boxing is so important because – in order for boxing to grow into the hands of the youth, they got to understand, okay, these are teams. They're not just mm-hmm. like, because boxing's always been confusing to a casual fan. You understand right. how confusing it is? When you make it make sense to them and say, no, no, this is called team, you know, West Coast. This is the East Coast. This is the West Coast. And each of them have their own leagues. And these are the top players of each league. They become, it becomes more sense mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the casual. And these young generations are going to start making that notion happen. Very cool. Like Virgil Ortiz is representing top rank. Uh, Ryan Garcia represents Golden Boy and there could be opportunities for Ryan Garcia to get traded for a year mm-hmm. right for like a lucrative contract to go fight on the other side of the street uh, people call it cool make a contract hop over for one year contract three fight deal come back to to home base afterwards like LeBron James does it he's still loved all over the world you right. know what I mean so it's like we could eventually turn this into a league style sport which is obviously not a very it's not I an like opinion it. that people don't like when I talk about because they're like, yo, what the fuck are you turning a sport into? That's a mockery. But I'm just like, I'm just thinking about the fan today and how it's going to make sense to my 13-year-old nephew in the other room. It's by telling him this is how it works. And then they'll get way more interactive. And then boxing becomes this superstar sport all over again right. where you get people wearing jerseys in the stadium. You know, I, I, I completely support that. I, I, I honestly, I'm... I don't understand how this is still happening. I feel like boxing is still does not it is it is not counted as a legitimate sport in the world of sports industry just because of the reason why there's it's not there's no league there's no regulation it's it's only like based on promoters and and you know making like one it's a one time event kind of thing. But I like the team mentality. I think it it, it engages the the fans on the more like a long term. They like following. They they have their rosters. They can do the yep. freaking how do you say it the, the online. Uh, What's the? I, I don't do it, but like the online polls and online competition and contests and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of that, just following the the fantasy teams. You know, what's your fantasy yeah, team? Fa- fantasy teams, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, so I'm I'm completely for it. Do you feel like? And and that sounds great. But I mean, if you're, do you do you hear anything like this? Do people discuss this at all? Is this like go, going to it, or we're just kind of fantasizing? No, here? I mean, it's already it's already there. Like when you talk to like a promoter or like a network they already have that attitude and they know it's us against the world. PBC is very, very vocal about that, that we mm-hmm. are a family and nobody comes in, nobody goes out. Like they, and I respect that about them. Right? When they made that fuck deal happen with PBC, I was like one of the first people like, oh man, that's amazing. Like they found mm-hmm. a home for their show. It's a mm-hmm. show that they're running. They found a new home. Cool. Right. Like Fox stays on, PBC stays on Fox. Top ranks should go on ESPN and they should compete, compete, compete. Like mm-hmm. this should, this should be very open. And, and I don't know why that there's egos involved. Why is it such a big thing for Bob Aram or Dr. Heyman? Like it, it shouldn't be, it should just be very mm-hmm. open. Cool. Your top guy versus my top guy next month. Cool. The undercard has to be top rank versus PBC. It has mm-hmm. to be because this is both properties. You I know? feel like, like they're just, they're just afraid like it either to marinate a fight for like half a year so that they can just get this chunk of like 30%. They kind of stop that marinating bullshit, man. Like yeah. nobody gives a fuck besides the hardcore fan about yeah. marinating. Like I hate when a hardcore fan supports it. 
that, oh, I can't wait for this fight next year. It's like, it could happen next month. You don't realize fights used to happen very quickly back in the day. Like, yeah. why, are you, why are you so obsessed with a fighter making his bag next year? Mm-hmm. Is he giving you a cut out of his salary? Are you part of his investor fucking, uh, uh, you know, table? Like, I don't understand what your investment is with the fighter. Why do you want him to fight your other favorite fighter next year when they're both old? Because they right. both can make money more? What does that have to do with you? You're a fan. Yeah, Stay that's a phenomenon. Fan. Stay a fan. And the fight can happen next month if you push for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, it's going to take, this is what I'm saying. It's going to take the current top 10 fighters to just disappear first. Right, because when they disappear, the current state of boxing disappears with them because they're just going to follow them out of the out of the woodwork. And then the new boys come in, and these new boys are bringing in these new fan bases who are just going to be like, "What's boxing? What's boxing? What is this about? How does this mm-hmm. work?" And they got to create that notion that this is how it works. It's team A against team B, and it should be once again all the stuff that I talked about before. And you brought up a lot of good points with um, fantasy, online fantasy leagues, and um, betting will become a lot more interesting, man. Mm-hmm. And betting is, you got to remember, the betting is the biggest engine behind every sport. The betting aspect. That's so something that I realized just recently, that betting is its own beast that actually influences the sport so much. Yeah, it does, bro. And then then comes the video game. And then comes, you'll see the sport expand. And it'll become, mm-hmm. uh, automatically just kind of dive deep into the 21st century. And we'll get those celebrities back at our boxing fights. We'll get the... We'll get the halftime shows during fights. We'll get everything, bro. And, and mm-hmm. it could happen. It could really happen. It could really grow. And mm-hmm. every athlete is going to start coming out of these college camps, which are just going to be like the showbox cards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like those yeah. those miniature shows, those would be like our NCAA uh, uh, system of unboxing, I think. And yeah, it could yeah. work. And I think Some sort of a version happen. of a draft. You know, that would be cool too. Uh, um, I, what about Mike Tyson? Have you seen this? Just, yeah. just wanted to quickly like bring this up. It's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. like out of point, but like, have you seen that Mike Tyson video? Yeah. It's like 10 of seconds. Of course. Of but, course. Okay. First beautiful. of all, beautiful. The beast. It's so cool to see that he still can perform. Like you can, like, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a beautiful sort of a dance of Tyson. No one does it. No one can do those kind of moves and mm. that he still can show this to us. It's pretty cool. Mm. But like, I was so, have you seen how quickly all the yeah. social media just stole that content and just like they post it all over the place? It's just like how yeah. like, no so, boxer so ever goes viral so, like Tyson. Like <laughs> I was just gonna say, bro, like the amount of people that were tweeting it, like outside the boxing realm, outside of ESPN, Blue Team, yeah. there was a bunch of just random Sheesh. media yeah. who were just tweeting about it. Like I saw on my timeline. Because you know me, I'm a big geek. I want to see what who's tweeting about it. I saw right. like, so many amazing companies from like um, the Southeast, Australia, New Zealand. I saw South Africa. I saw like a bunch of people just tweeting it. And I was like, nobody goes viral like Tyson, dude. And he That's will sell. Crazy. He will sell half a million, uh, half a million audience pay per view by himself. I know, I know. Right now, like he he's talking about the exhibition for around fights, right? So like, his exhibition, if it was on pay per view, was so five hundred thousand. <laughs> his exhibition crazy. on pay per view, yeah. Well, why were some people so against this? I read some tweets of people saying I would not buy Mike Tyson's pay per view. I don't know. Um, I I really have no reason to believe. Unless did you, you see are... those tweets though? People are just like against it, and I don't know if they were against no. it because they thought that his health was going to be at risk, or they just were like, I wouldn't pay for it because I'm not a fan. I mean, I don't understand where they were coming from. Yeah, I, I, let's be honest. Mike Tyson is the last mega superstar of boxing in the like. Yes. 
I don't I don't know who's next after Tyson. I don't I don't it's not Joshua, it's not Klitschko, it's not Wilder. I, I don't maybe Canelo, but Canelo is not really like I mean we discussed it on my previous podcast. Yeah, he's like a huge biggest superstar, but he's not transcendent American superstar. He's like just in the boxing, he's a superstar. No, he but just, not in the he's, world. Big, he's big yeah, he's big in Mexico. He's big in Mexico. Uh right, I, but again, like so average, so but he's not yeah. like big in Ameri- like in Kazakhstan, no. unless you're like no, in- no, no, no. But Tyson no, no. in Kazakhstan, he's the hero. You know, that's he's still Tyson, Tyson in Pakistan, man. Same thing. Like in Pakistan, they only know two faces. They know Muhammad Ali. They know Mike Tyson. And mm-hmm. as of recently, yeah, they probably know Amir Khan as well because he's done a lot of charity work there. So, mm-hmm. but nothing caps Muhammad Ali or Tyson. Like yeah. those two words are forever going to be dented in sports. And the fact that Tyson. Which, by the way, he's still pretty young. If, and he was taking care of his, himself better. Uh, he would actually be even more, like, amazing, like, crazy, like, amazing athlete. But, like, right now at 53, considering everything that he went through, he can still pull out those moves. And he looks pretty good. Like, I thought he's, he's more fatter. But, like, I looked at his physique just recently. He posted a picture. This is really, he's really lean. Like, he's all buffed up and, yeah. like, you know, a couple yeah. workouts and all. I think he could I think he could take care of business. I think he could. I think yeah, uh, especially he, for shouldn't go, he shouldn't go against, like, a top contender, obviously. But if he goes against, like, a top 20, right, somebody who's still undefeated or whatever, he'll come and kick his fucking ass. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, no, uh, oh, okay. Let's, let's scale down. I don't think he's going to fight a contender or anything. He's going to fight some exhibition. Maybe he'll do, like, someone, I don't know, let's say Klitschko or something or so, whatever. So, some, or, like, some, someone who is not active. But, yeah, theoretically... It's just not smart to do it, I think, for him to like to fight an active fighter. But theoretically, yeah, he's. I think he's easily can be in top ten. Like it's possible. It's it's possible if he actually. I think so too. I think so too. But those you you can never you can never underestimate a guy with that kind of mentality. He just needs to turn. He says it in his interviews. He's like, I never want to like turn that side to my brain on. Yeah, yeah. If I do, I'm a fucking animal. And like when he said that, I'm just like, I believe it. Like if he turns it on, it's fucking over. (laughs) <laughs> like it's over for anybody and i think he knows that which is why he keeps that animal just like hidden deep inside him but mm-hmm. if somebody and it's not money that's going to motivate him like no amount of money is going to motivate this guy to bring the animal it has to be something out of sheer fucking like mm-hmm. he wants to do this now you know like he he's ready to unleash it it has to come from that from that uh, so do you think he's going to come back for an exhibition Excuse me. For an exhibition fight, or uh, it was just like a because he was kind of promoting the Bad Boys for Life movie, which is kind of weird. He just kind of dropped it like I'm a bad boy. Like you yeah, know, I don't think I don't know if that was a paid. I, I was wondering. I'm like, is this a paid post? But it wasn't because he wouldn't have hashtag Will Smith. He would have added Will Smith, and it would have been done differently from a PR. Yeah, it was like a weird kind of like okay. It was a weird hashtag <laughs> Will Smith Bad Boys for Life. Like I think he just didn't even know that he was writing that. Uh, yeah. and he just tweeted it. Maybe he just liked the movie. Like, that's also possible. <laughs> he just liked it. I think he, I think he tweeted it. I think he tweeted it. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it was like a PR move or nothing. But, yeah, yeah. So I think generally he wants to do this because he did say earlier that um, he would be open to fighting exhibitions for uh, charity. I'd like to see that. Oh, for charity. Because I was thinking maybe he just wants to get some get some cash, which he'll probably grab. Oh, no, he was really open about it. Yeah. I, I read an article. He said it was just for charity. Yeah, he wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Tyson is really... Because I read his book, um, The Undisputed Truth, and it was the most disturbing book I ever read in my life. Like, mm-hmm. because it's, fu- it. it's funny, it's, it's not just about his life, it's, it's, it's about his life, the way he talks. Like, he, he kind of, it's like listening to him talk, talking to you about his life and to all the crazy things that went down in his kind of yeah. slang, you know, like everything. He says, he's, the book is written with his vernacular, with his vocabulary. 
So it's just like you're, you're reading this like, oh my God, this is disturbing. Uh, That's cool. But yeah, so, and, but now seeing Tyson reinventing himself into his business uh, of, uh, of the marijuana business and then the podcasting and he's being also nice and sweet, which by the way, I'm not really completely buying that he's nice and sweet. I, I know that he's really trying. I know that he's really working on it, but I know like he's, he's still, he's still off the rails sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And then like, honestly, I didn't, I thought he's like 63 or something, but he's only 53. That's what I'm saying. If he actually would actually. Oh yeah, he's young. Yeah, he's, young, he's 53. Young man. Yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good to go. He has one fight that he, he could possibly break records with, his yeah. opening fight. I wouldn't want him to continue though, because that would, that would be the, the um, notoriety would get very, you know, played out. No, no, no. Continue, I think the sentimental value of Tyson Tyson coming back. Oh, you know what? I, one fight. You know who I want to see him against? What? Ah, uh, what's his name? Let's Lennox? go. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Oh, fucking Shannon Briggs. Yeah, I feel like that's a yeah. perfect matchup, age-wise, and because he's also around fifty-something, Shannon Briggs, and he's also in that kind of. Well, he's like that'd be a cool opportunity. You know? I think Tyson versus that would be uh, electrifying. <laughs> I promotion. think him versus Lennox Lewis would be a good charity match too. Yeah, but that's kind of like I don't real know. Fight too real. Well, that's the point. Like it, it's you know that it's not a real fight anymore. Like it's because that that the Lennox you use Tyson is is like the the one of those fights that you don't want to bring up and kind of like rehash the whole thing and try it again. And, and then it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it's like kind of well watching like a weird like when the trilogy was ended like of the movie and then all of a sudden you just need to grab some cash and you do part four because but no one wants to see it kind of thing yeah exactly but you just see it for like like if they just revived i don't know anyways so i don't know either way if he would fight i'd, I'd buy it either way no, no matter who yeah. he fights i want to see it that's kind sure, of sure cool. man for sure uh there's something else i want to talk to you about but i think we covered everything and honestly it's it's kind of weird like we talked about you know youtube videos and all and then we kind of go got into industry so i think i might <laughs> yeah I, I might cool. I might break this podcast into two episodes, to be honest. Yeah, do that, bro. Do that for me. Let me know what I can help you with after that, for sure. But it was good yeah. chatting with you, man, like, as always. And I can't wait till this Jay. fucking thing is over so we can grab a beer, man. Jeez. Yeah, let's do it, man. Absolutely. And I feel like it's going to be soon. Definitely yeah, by the cool. end of this for month, sure. for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Sure, Jay Chaudhry, thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you. Appreciate it, bro. Good luck. All right. Take care. Hello, friends, and welcome to Azizi Podcast. I have a small favor to ask from you all. Please subscribe to my podcast on the app that you're currently using to listen to it. It will greatly help me out, and it will make it convenient for you to listen to my new episodes every time they come out. Also, I have a YouTube channel. Just search for Azizi Podcast on YouTube, and you will be able to see my conversations in a video format. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. I so greatly appreciate it.